0: In this episode of Triathlete Live, we interview Meredith Kessler. This conversation was a Facebook Live, so you'll hear me asking her questions from live fans. Meredith is an 11-time Ironman champion, and in this show we discuss training through the pandemic, balancing training with parenthood, her best and worst Ironman moments, and plenty more. We typically host our Facebook Live shows on the first Wednesday of every month, and it's a great way for you to ask questions and learn more from some of the top pros Be sure to check out the Triathlete Facebook page for more live shows in the future. Okay, here's our conversation with Meredith. Hello and welcome to Triathlete Live. It's our virtual happy hour special. My name is Emma-Kate LeBerry, and we are joined today by the wonderful Meredith Kessler. Meredith, welcome. How are you doing?
1: Great, EK. It's so great to be here. Cheers. Thanks for yeah, having cheers.
0: me. <laughs> well, you are our very first uh, virtual happy hour triathlete live guest. So we, are, we feel honored. And uh, you've been making a special drink, right? You've got your MBK Manhattan.
1: I do. As I mentioned, I was trying to perfect the recipe this winter, and I feel like I've got the right concoction going for, for me now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You made a special video for us on uh, for our Insta stories earlier this week, which um, was quite popular.
1: Well, I mean, sometimes you just don't know the right mix. And uh, I, I don't either. And I'm still learning, but I feel like I found the perfect one where I'm not cringing and I actually enjoy it. And it's still kind of cool <laughs> here in Ohio. Um, and so it still sounds good. Manhattan's a winter drink, but uh, it still sounds good right now
0: yeah and so just just before we came live on air meredith was telling us how she had done a bike session today she's done a strength session today she hustled to get in the shower before coming on the show and she was hustling to make a manhattan too so oh but you've had a you've had a recovery drink first right yeah
1: you got it you know recovery drink manhattan no problem sometimes we need to just transition fast into those things it's okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so meredith is joining us live from her home in ohio via zoom and uh, she, so you live there with your husband, Aaron, and uh, your son, Mac, who is two, right? You got it. And so today, she's here, she's here today for uh, an entire hour to answer all of your questions. Uh, we already have a ton of questions lined up for you, Meredith, so Great. you're going to need that Manhattan. Um, but also, we want to remind you guys at home that this is a live show. We are here for you to ask Meredith whatever. Uh, ask, ask her anything, right? Is that... Is that the I'm deal? An open book
1: i really mean it i'm an open book and whatever is legal to put on uh, public social i will of course answer so
0: awesome this yeah sounds, yep sounds like it's going to be a good show uh, <laughs> yeah so we yeah like i said we already have a lot of questions lined up for you but we also want to remind everybody at home that she, uh, you can submit questions via the, the facebook comments there and uh, we'll do our best to get them all answered over the course of the next hour Meredith is, of course, I I kind of feel weird calling you Meredith. MBK uh, is a great resource. She has been racing uh, triathlons. Well, she's been racing Ironman since the year 2000. Right. Uh, And in that time, you you turned pro in 2009. She has uh, got 11 Ironman titles to her name, 21 70.3 titles. And I think think it's pretty fair to say that among pros and age groupers alike, you're just regarded as an all-around awesome human being, so um, it's no surprise that you are very popular. And we've got a lot of questions for you. But let's uh, let's start off with uh, How do you stay so positive and motivated? You are, you know, you're social. You know, you're very, very popular on social. You're always there with great advice for age groupers. How do you How do you do it? How do you stay so positive and motivated? Mm-hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. um you know it's especially right now right it's easy to go down like a path of of doom and like the unknown it's really scary and i just want to make sure i announce like i there's some days i feel like that too where the unknown is so um it's just scary like it like for example, for triathletes, and this is my job, this is what I do for a living. So I don't know when my money next money making opportunity is going to be right now. Like I genuinely don't know, nor do any of right. us. Um, and so it's easy to be like, um, I'm really focused in and I just told some of my best friends this the other day when it like came to me, like we learn a lot on like a run and stuff is like, I'm not focused on what could have been and I'm really focused on what can be. And I'm, I'm honing in on that strong, especially right now, because I would be lying if I said there weren't pockets of the day or moments of time where I'm like, Oh, we, you know, I should be in St. George this weekend racing on one of my favorite courses in the USA. Um, so I say, no, 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 we're focusing on what can be. And so that's what I'm really highlighting but um i did want to say i find a lot of motivation and in gratitude and i'm not saying that to be cheesy it's just that there's so much for humans to be grateful for right now and i think that in these like times of adversity we have to really really hone in on that and remember that like we're grateful for what we do have right now and like you have a house over your head you have food on the table those little life luxuries are what what i know that i find my positivity in for sure
0: yeah. And now obviously we're, you know, a solid kind of eight weeks into, or, you know, maybe two, two months or so into this, yeah. this whole global pandemic situation. Uh, right. how have you been coping during, during this time? Like how's, you know, how's sure. your training changed? How How's your day-to-day sure. life changed?
1: Yeah. Uh, we got, again, we were fortunate. We spent a month in New Zealand and I still pinched myself that we got to do that. Like, cause as soon as we got back to the U S we got back and like three days later, the pool shut down, the restaurant shut down. And that's when this pandemic started. And I was like, wow. I mean, we're one of the few that got to race this year, um, twice, once in Wanaka, once in, uh, Taupo, New Zealand. And so I feel lucky that I got to do that. A lot of my colleagues and peers haven't been able to showcase what they've been working so hard for. And so And also for triathletes, as you probably hear, and you will hear a lot of triathletes say, we we train alone a lot. I'm sure. I don't have the camaraderie of the 18-year-olds I swam with. Um, But since we moved to Ohio, I don't have... um, you know, a set training group, like I did when we lived in California. Um, just because I had a kid since we moved here and times are different when this tiny human kind of controls your <laughs> world. Um, but uh, I, so I do, I do a lot. I'm finding stimulation and motivation through Zwift and through like, like you said, I just met Kato, uh, my good friend and, and strength coach and uh, our cycling coach on Zwift. And we just rode for a couple hours. And even though we're not like together physically, we're still like, texting on the recovery bits and like
0: we're just like you you are like virtually training together
1: we're we're literally on in Watopia in Zwift and like I can see her little avatar and she can see mine and we're doing uh we're doing a custom workout that she writes for me and then she ends up kicking her own butt as as we say (laughs) um and so that's my point though is like there's there's fun in that. And, and it's like, all right, I'll meet you on Zwift at two, you know, and then we yeah. go and it's fun. And so and, and I did I did a lot of my training on a trainer, um, mainly because max nap time is a key time where I, I can do uh, some training. And so. So, yeah, for me, it wasn't that much different, obviously, except the swimming. And um, and we were fortunate to just start a partnership with uh, Master Spa. So I didn't swim for six weeks in the past two weeks. I've been able to get my chi. EK. Oh, wow. No, that's a oh, big cool. summer. It's just my chi It's more so less about getting fit. Because I mean, it's more about the relaxation. it's like my yoga, my thinking time, my body recovery, plenisher and relaxation. So um, I do appreciate that luxury of, of being able to have that and also to take Mack in because I need to either take him in water or outside. And so especially this summer, uh, having being able to do that is really great. Yeah.
0: Because you think nothing of swimming 10K, right? You just get in the pool. I can remember you get swimming with you and you just yeah. swim 10K in the morning and be like, yep, yeah. that's, that's me, I'm done.
1: But relaxations. But uh, I'm going to work up to that when I'm swimming in place, but I'll let you know when that happens. I'm not there yeah. yet, but maybe maybe soon.
0: <laughs> so we've got a lot of people on Facebook saying hi and enjoying their drinks. So uh, cheers. Cheers to you, guys. to you all. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And again, keep your questions coming in. As you can tell, Meredith's Please. a very very easy person to speak to. And as she says, she's an open book, but, um, yeah, we've got a question from Courtney who says, what would you say to triathlon coaches given the current uncertainty of racing?
1: I like that question. And as a coach myself, I would say, keep your athletes thriving, keep them thriving. And that means I'm right now I'm training, like I'm racing next week. I don't mean that in a dramatic way. I just mean like, I'm training in theory that I am racing soon. I want to keep fit I want to keep healthy I want to keep my chi intact and that means I look forward to a workout I'm not saying go out and train at zone five every single day all day no I'm just saying have a purpose to each workout and that's what I would as a coach myself that is what I tell my athletes each workout you're going to do today is a um you know it's a it's a It's a privilege that we get to right now if you get to be outside. As we know, some people weren't even able to go outside for a while. And just keep training for the love of it and not so much for the technicality of it. And that's what I know I'm doing for my athletes right now.
0: Yeah. So we have another question from Instagram, which was, uh, how do you balance being a badass triathlete and being a super chill boss mom to a toddler. So Mac is so two, nice. two and a half, right? It's two. Yeah,
1: two and a half, yeah. just, just t- two and a half, turned two and a half this month. And um, it's funny, I said this recently, is that if I thought it was like kind of hard when he was a newborn and he like sat there and he just like s- slept and cried, slept and cried, um, I was mistaken because as he's gotten older, he that was easy back then, even though back then that seemed so hard, like nursing him in my wetsuit, 10 minutes before the cannon came off and then then like oh is he okay Why i'm racing like that seemed so hard back then but now it's it's a little bit harder because he has a personality he has moods he has mood swings of like <laughs> that i've never seen he has meltdowns uh, and so that has been um, a little different shift uh but i feel like the the hardest part for me and it all is is what doesn't matter if you're a triathlete or not. Is what all mothers struggle with is um, mom guilt, right? Am I spending enough time with my kid? Am I am I teaching my children enough? Like I, I do now, actually, have to parent. When they're a baby, you don't really need to parent as much. Now I have to like scold him and put him in time out if needed, and try to teach him good manners and to be a kind person and all that. Uh, even at two and a half, it's like important. That's important to me as a mother. So. The balance of all that comes in um, in taking the time to do that. And I will say since the pandemic, like most people are homeschooling right now and all of that, it's if, if they didn't do that already in their world. Um, but sometimes too, um, if you focus so much on what you're not doing, you lose control of what you are. And okay. so that's why that's where we all do it. And it's easy. And I talk about this with my girlfriends all the time. Like sometimes I'm like, I just needed to put on a show for Mac for 20 minutes so I could just be for a second, take a shower, get some emails done. And and I can't feel guilty about it. And that's where my girlfriends help, we help each other. It's like, we cannot feel guilty about that. He's actually learning more from about dinosaurs from this amazing like PBS show than he is from me who, who can't even pronounce the dinosaurs name. He <laughs> pronounces the dinosaurs names far better than I do so anyway um sometimes we just need to do that when we don't have our child care anymore and he used to go to ducks club and he used to go for even two hours a day and have his like interaction and now I think he's getting kind of bored of me he's like um mom uh, where's ducks club it'll be back we soon work, we'll work on that yeah
0: <laughs> staying on the mom theme one of the questions yeah. we had from uh from earlier in the week was what is which is harder but giving birth or mm-hmm. an iron man Yeah,
1: this is an easy answer for me, um, because I'll never forget, and it's been two and a half years, um, birthing, it's funny, I said in the, literally on the table before, I I did end up having an emergency C-section, which I was like, C-section, please, like at that point, it was so painful after 24 hours of dealing with how he was going to get out. But I said, I would rather do three Ironmans in a row, like continuous, (laughs) <laughs> than this again and, it, and it's funny because you know how after an Ironman like I'm like oh every Ironman I'm like oh I'm never doing this again and then I sign, oh, yeah, up the, I sign up the next day like right oh I'm never doing this again and then I'm like a week later it's like oh yeah I'll definitely do it birthing took me a while to like really register and, and that stems from um, not just from labor uh, from pregnancy it, you know it, it, it was a very scary time for many uh, but for me i really um i've said this before i really loved it when pregnant women are are even like that they're like oh i loved being pregnant like literally i bow down to them because for me i was um and i said this to my best friends you you guys they all had kids before me and none of them were ever like wow this is scary I mean they were so strong and so so tough I was a little school go- girl scared the whole time you know if you didn't kick enough if you didn't do this enough I was um, I was a worry wart is what I'm saying yeah. and um, and so when then when 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 my labor experience was so tough I did say to myself um I don't know if I can do this again physically emotionally right. um, whereas with Iron Man it was like a no-brainer let's let's go right. let's do this three times a different. In
0: a different recovery period.
1: Totally, totally different, yeah.
0: So uh, we're getting a few questions about nutrition, fueling. So one of the the most popular questions, do you have any dietary restrictions before races and what's your go-to nutrition during races? Sure, as
1: I sit by Manhattan. Um, (laughs) Absolutely, perfect Perfect timing. Yeah, you know this about me, Emma-Kate, is that uh, I am a very balanced uh, human, not only in my life with training and such, Uh, but also with what I choose to eat, drink, whatever it is. I just believe that, am I going to have seven Manhattans a night? No, but an occasional Manhattan or a glass of wine or – um, a pizza night with my friends or burgers with the the girls, you know, like I believe in that balanced approach. So am right. I hammering French fries every night? No, but I also believe, I mean, I do have my Hershey kisses or some form of chocolate <laughs> nightly. I mean, I just, that's like something I look forward to. I, I do drink coffee. Um, I, do I have to have five glasses? No, but I have a cup every day, you know? So um, yeah. I like that balanced approach for me. Um, that seems to like, not have to omit everything where i want it all the time you know and right. so yeah um, could I? And, and i've said this before could i be a little lighter a little fitter a little stronger the answer to that is genuinely probably yes but i just wouldn't trade those life luxuries i like going out to dinner and enjoying truffle fries and having a glass of wine or two with my friends or my husband and so like that makes like i don't know a happy human is a happy racer and so Yep. Happiness does, Erin and I love um, food and we like to pair it with like wine. And so that kind of chemistry there um, makes me happy and, and look forward to it. And It doesn't, in my world, it doesn't affect my, my, um, you know, workouts. Maybe it, maybe it is why I saunter on the Queen K every day, every year in Kona. I don't know, but I, I just know that I'm not sacrificing um, right. what I love to do in
0: my life. Yeah. Right. Happy athletes are faster athletes.
1: Uh, yeah. it's. I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And your favorite treat, can you, can you nail it, narrow it down to one? I can. Um, oh, I think I probably know what this is. But You mean yeah, like that. a
1: post-rate? Or I just like McDonald's french fries. That's
0: okay? what I was going to say.
1: With What do I say to them? Hi, oh, would you mind, could I have an extra hot with salt <laughs> french fries? And it's like I, I, they sprinkle crack all over it because I don't know what it is, but it's just really good. I just <laughs> like it. And a McDonald's Coke. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I'm just letting you know.
0: Yeah. That that was going to be my guess, but yeah. Uh, Okay. Some questions from earlier in the week from social, Uh, how long are you going to keep racing?
1: (laughs) I always say, and this is funny because um, people, you know, when I was, I had Mac when I was 39, but I was labeled AMA, advanced maternal age, which is like doctor's nice way of saying, oh, you're a little older to have a, a child. And now at 41, almost 42, um, I'd like to say my best racing years are still ahead of, ahead of me. Um, and I was saying to Kate and, you know, I was saying to her the other day, like these, you know, if, if you looked at the data, which I'm not a data freak, but if you look at my data, right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, I'm doing the same, if not better than we were when I was, you know, in my thirties. So woohoo, let's keep going. But I'm going to keep going EK until I lose the passion and the desire and the fun. And I, I said this to actually Bob Bob Babbitt the other day. He was asking me a um, similar question, but um, Bevan Doherty one time said to me, and I still like get a trickle in my throat when I say it as he goes, because he said, you know, he just, as he would say publicly, he said, you know what, I just, he raced a lot longer than me, but he, you know, he did it since he was a teenager. Um, and he's like, I, I just ended up losing the passion and I had, done it i had been to the olympics i had won an iron man i mean he did everything and he goes i just lost the fire and he said to me and this is when we were in taupo one year and he goes you haven't lost that fire and it's really cool to see and that literally was one of the best compliments that i could have ever been given by such a legend in the sport mm-hmm. too but um and so i haven't lost that yet and until that happens or until my these old legs fail me um i'm gonna keep going going strong look at didi Didi Greasebauer, what is she? Not even, yeah. I mean, she's like 48, nine. I don't even know yeah. because she looks like she's 30 and she is still crushing it. Okay, so yeah, she's it's insane. just, yeah. It, it's amazing. And, and I'm not trying to, it, Didi, if you ever watch this, know that you look 30. I'm sorry, I just said you were 49. You don't care though, because I <laughs> promise you, you are so amazing and you're an inspiration. I mean it. Yeah,
0: yeah. we'll be talking to Didi soon. So oh, yeah, you will get a right to reply.
1: She can, she can heckle me all she wants. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Next question. What's your favorite Ironman victory? So there's 11 of them, which yeah. one stands out? Mm,
1: uh, obviously it would have to be the Ironman New Zealand because that has become just like, I mean, that's been like a huge part of our career. My husband loves the fishing there and I love the people. So we we have the best of both worlds. We have the Ironman for me and the course and the people. And then we have fishing and beautiful lakes for Aaron. And then Mac has even been there now when he was one, when he was two, and now hopefully next year when he's three. But um, yeah, I'd say the five wins at, at Ironman New Zealand, a hundred percent. I'll, I'll, re- I'll, we'll still go back there even when I am well retired for sure. Right.
0: Yep. And um, from Thomas on Facebook, he says, what has been your biggest success racing in your opinion and what has been the lowest and how did you overcome that lowest point?
1: Sure. I will start with the lowest first because look, I'm going to fail again in the future, and I have failed so many times. I mean, let's just be honest. We all see me doing like a a walk of shame, we'll call it, on the Queen K every year. That's my lowest moment every October. I just haven't, um, you know, I've done that race more than 10 times. And I know we got seventh there one year, but that performance now wouldn't even get you top 20, you know, that was years ago. But I'm just telling you that um, when I am, struggling, looking like the walking dead out there, losing 12 bounds, barfing all over the course in misery. I still, uh, to this day, it's a very low moment, don't get me wrong, because you know all the hard work you do to get there and then that you prepare for, and then you get out there and you're not even the athlete that you started the race as. Um, but I really dwell more on what I learned in that, in that race. And, and I go back to that, what keeps you positive? I, I yeah. find so much gratitude and walking. I know people, people say, why do you keep going back? And that happens every year. Why do you keep doing it? And it's because like, if you even take this year, I've qualified twice for Kona now and I'm not going to, people are doing the legacy spots to try to get there. People dream of doing Kona. And so Mm -hmm. I get this privilege of qualifying. I'm going to keep trying. If I fail again. And and whenever Kona happens again, if I fail, I fail. And so, um, that Kona is always my lowest moment. Um, but there's so much learned in that failure. Uh, my highest moment ha- have been those five wins at New Zealand. New Zealand. And um, you just, that experience of any, let me let me tell you, any Ironman win for anyone, uh, it's such a long day and so much can happen, so much goes right. and And even on your winning days, so much goes wrong. And so right. it's, I think it's triumphing over that adversity um is what makes it so rewarding in the end so um but yeah d- definitely those and 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 there's been a couple st george ones because i dnf st george at mile 22 one year uh, meaning literally only four miles to go <laughs> and i like just passed out woke up in the in the uh, emergency room or whatever um and then i was so upset because by the way six weeks later i dnf'd Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> so i dnf two races within six weeks and then this is what triathlon's all about is resilience. Right. And then you figure right. out the problem, you try to solve it, you learn from it, you recalibrate, and then, you know, went back the next year to try to, to, you know, to win it, you know? And so you yeah. just, and that took a year, but I mean, you forget about all those raw goth moments of when we fail, you know, um, you're yeah. not as good as your last race, but it's easy to think that as an athlete.
0: Yeah. And staying on that theme jennifer is asking what's yeah. your go-to phrase in the in those dark moments of a, a long workout or a race
1: mm-hmm. um well i i do i always do say like we just can't let you know success get to our heads obviously um because that's painful um but we can't let failure get to our hearts and like uh like i just said i've failed so many times and there are times i beat myself up like my sponsors i just disappointed when i actually de- i remember i was going for a six peat at ironman new zealand Couple years ago, and I was like, I I got third, and and honestly, you would have thought someone died. I was so upset that I didn't deliver for the town. That I wasn't care that I lost, I did not care, you know, that I lost. I cared that I, you know, because I thought I disappointed the town. And Mm -hmm. you know, I I was so ready for that race, I didn't understand why I was like barfing all over the course. It turned out I was pregnant and didn't know it with Mac, and so it was bittersweet, it was totally bittersweet, um, because you know. I've been with my husband since we were 14, you know, like it's a dream to have have a child. And so um, it was like I said, it was bittersweet. It's just that my point is, I just thought that the, my world was over that I just this town wasn't wasn't going to accept me in an, anymore. And so that was my biggest worry. Um, of course, the town could have cared less. And, and, and it was almost <laughs> like you felt like you won because they were so like supportive over everything. But you know, I didn't win again this year. Felt like I won. I got second. I got crushed but um by Teresa Adam who had this um uh, uh, miraculous amazing performance that I've ever seen. But um yeah, to uh, personally that was my best Ironman performance, but it, it wasn't the best. It was my best, but it wasn't right. the best. And um uh, I still it felt like a win because I was doing what I love in my favorite place. So yep. you can't you can't be unhappy about that.
0: Yep. And then thinking back to your first race which yeah. was Well, your first Ironman race was when 20 20 years ago, first Mm -hmm. triathlon, was that your first triathlon or was, was there a triathlon before that?
1: Zero triathlon before that EK. Um, And it was almost 20 years ago to the month. I did a, I did an Ironman in June. I graduated college in 2000, uh, like May. And then two weeks later slapped myself into a full Ironman. And I was like, just bought the bike college graduation money, bought this bike, still have it. Um, and never been like in arrow position what you should have seen me like i was like <sighs> clip-ons zero percent clip-ons did the ride in running shorts you can imagine how that felt you don't ride i was by the way my 112 miles i was eight hours guys eight hours um and i but what's funny is i think my swim was about an hour my run was like three and a half hours and my bike was like eight hours so it's like a 12 hour whatever um. Uh, Ironman, but I, I literally was so sore the next day. I just more so from the chafing that I had from wearing running shorts on the bike. But, uh, I, I was in such pain, but that's where I caught the bug and the love for it, you know, a week later when it settled in, because I really didn't think that I would be able to finish. And I, Ironman, I know I've done whatever 69 Ironmans now, but I promise you, every one of those, I've been like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish. And, and, you know, that's the biggest thing is trying to get through something you think that you cannot do.
0: Right. And which one, which race was this for your first one?
1: This one was actually in Ohio. It was not an Ironman branded technical race. It was a Ironman distance about, because I was coming back to Columbus, Ohio, where we're from, uh, where our parents are. And it was out in, um, in like Mohican, like an hour and a half away from Columbus where I live. And it was nice cause I could sleep in my own bed. That's the only Ironman I've ever done where I slept in my own bed the night before.
0: Ah, but makes yeah. a big difference. It does, it does help. What changed, so one of the questions we just had, what changed yeah. from that first race to winning an Ironman? What happened in that? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. obviously a big journey, but. Um. Sure,
1: uh, so that was in 2000, uh, the first, the next, and I spent nine years, by the way, as an age grouper. So I was doing 12-hour uh, Ironmans. And it got to, you know, as I kept, you know, learning about it. And back then, you know, I know I say I have 69 Ironmans now. But back then, in 21, 22, 23, I was doing four to five a year. Just sl- throwing myself in them.
0: I don't know why. Screw whilst, whilst you're working full-time and...
1: Right. Working full-time. And, and then I was like, I would just do them on the... You know when you go, all the Ironman athletes listening... 70.3 athletes doesn't matter. They know what I talk about when I say this is when you went into work the next day, and you're literally like limping and, you, and you're and you like you have your compression socks underneath your dress or whatever. And people are like, Oh, how was that 5k you did like over the weekend? And you're like, Hmm, Oh, it was awesome. It was just add about a lot more to that. But <laughs> some people like, like, unless you're in it, you might not really get it, you know? Right. Um, so, but yeah, so nine years as an age grouper and then, um, just the, I guess the length of Ironman time-wise, it got less and less and less. And then it was like, all right, let's, the goal is to break 11 hours. And then the goal got to break break 10 hours. And then, um, I think our first win was uh, 2010 Ironman Canada, my first full year as a pro. And I look back at that race. Um, it was in Penticton and uh, yeah, Ironman Canada. And that was, so it took 10 years to Ten years have, have a, uh, a, a pro win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a
0: quick follow-up question from, what, uh, from something you said earlier from Michelle, how long after that New Zealand race did you find out you were pregnant?
1: Yes. So, well, I said to Aaron, let's see. No, I went home because yeah, we left New Zealand and then I actually went to LA and I saw you and I didn't know that I was pregnant then. And I went to, I trained with Holly Lawrence a little bit and we kept going on. We went on a long run and I literally had to stop to pee every like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Holly. I must've like, I don't know. I must've just hydrated too much. And she's like, it's okay. You know, really low key. And then I, I got home from that trip to LA and, and then I, I, you know, I was late, I was late and I was like, oh, you know, it's always who, who knows. And then I took a pregnancy test and I was like, this makes so much sense. And so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, to answer Michelle's question, it was probably two, two two-ish weeks after that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Next question. Do you ever quit training sessions?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I do them all and I do them at full intensity. Um, that was just a joke. I promise. Uh, oh, I, don't know, yeah. okay <laughs> I know, no, no. We, uh, the thing is, here's the deal. My first thing with quitting workouts is if I, I ask myself two questions, can I get to 30 minutes of this at, at what's at being asked of me? If the answer is yes, I get to 30 minutes And then I just go easy the rest of the work prior time. If the answer is no, I get off my bike and I go do something that would be more productive for my life during that time. Because it's just like, why suffer through something that you know, like, I know you know what I'm talking about. You can get on a workout and you can be warming up and you say you have two miles to warm up and you're like, there is no way I'm going to be hit, be able to hit these intervals. And then you do the first interval and you're like, all right, I actually... This might, it ends up being like one of your best workouts when you think like in warm up, that it's not going to be the case. But then there's days where you're like, there's no even like you're warming up, and you're like, there's no way that I'm I can even do the warm up pace. That's when you yeah. know this is a web workout. A why even bother? I have had <laughs> I like so, many, so many webtastic workouts before that I just either finish the allotted time and just take my um, effort level down to like zero zone one just moving blood, aerobic, sends, right. return some text back if I'm biking, whatever it is, um, or I just get off and do something, you know, like I'd be more productive right now going to check in, uh, return, get some admin work done and my, uh, you know, athlete work, whatever it is um, in this a lot of time or go take a nap because that's another thing that's changed since um, having Mac is just. I, I used to take naps in the middle of the day when I was training a lot early morning, which I don't do. I used to train at like sometimes 5.00 AM because that's when my training partners could. Um, now I, I don't, because, um, there's just, there's not enough time for that. Uh, for yeah. m- most, most people in, in the world, working world, parents, not parents doesn't matter. Um, but that's, what's changed a lot too, since having a, a child. So, but if I do get in a workout and I know nothing's going to come of it, I either go and swim and just get meaning swim slowly just to get my chi back or um, go do something productive.
0: Yeah, I think that's very good advice because I think that's something that pros and age groupers alike struggle with, sometimes knowing when to to call it a day. But yeah, so just to remind everybody at home that we are about halfway through the show. So um, please don't be shy, keep sending us your questions. Meredith is here, she's she's an open book. And uh, also, yeah, uh, keep enjoying your drinks. Cheers. How's that Manhattan going down?
1: Amazing, and I'm sure my answers will keep getting more nutty. (laughs) <laughs> I'm good though, no. <laughs> uh,
0: next question is from Terry who wants to know, do you prefer to train alone or with other people?
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's a time and a place for both. Here's the deal. There's sometimes uh, when we get with training partners, here's here's the deal, training partners enrich lives though. Like you look forward uh, to meeting your training partner and to go through the hustle, hustle with them, you know? Um, there's also some days where your training partner might feel a heck of a lot better than you do and vice versa. So, yep. that's why I guess my biggest thing is I find training partners that that can adjust to whatever anyone's feeling. Like for me, if my training partner didn't feel well that day, it's it's like that's all right dude, we'll hit it another day. Like I've had it, you know, but me I'd worry that if I feel terrible, I don't want to interrupt their workout, you know? So you have to find um a very flexible training partner, uh, yes. that's number one. And one that you, know, that you can suffer with, but you can also laugh with too, and, and hold each other accountable. So um, I like training with people in the water, especially because I don't know what it is for me. There's something about um, the bike and run where if my coaches tell me to do a, a, a distant, a required power or required pace on the run, Mm-hmm. I will just do what I'm told. I like to just do what I'm told. But the swim, for you know, the swim is harder to do that. Like if Jerry Rodriguez says do 100 solo mission on one ten, let me tell you, the chances of me being able to do that solo are a lot lower than if somebody's swimming with me doing it. It's just I feel like there's more energy when you have um, a teammate in the water. So, yeah. but I also think you need your alone time runs. Like if you just have an easy run. Yeah, sure. Join a friend if you want to sometimes. But every now and then you just need to put in your music and just go run by yourself and think and just enjoy it
0: kind of some alone time. Right. It's interesting you just said about music because uh, we just had a question yeah. from Courtney who asks, when you are yeah. training on your own, do you prefer music, podcasts, silence? What's your... Yeah. What's your... I'm,
1: I'm music. I can't... It's funny. I can't even do... Um, I can't do podcasts because I want, would want to focus in on them. Mm-hmm. I prefer music yes i have it blazing in my ear like like aaron's like do you really need it that loud like it's like i can hear it in the other room i'm sorry dude i just need it it just pumps me up and then the music that i have in my training i remember it because obviously we can't have music when we're racing but i'll remember i'll remember oh wow this song in that training session i was feeling it you know i i like felt good and so i try to like parlay that into a race there but um i'm a music person but um i do every now and there just recently since the pandemic i have if i'm doing an easy run on the treadmill i like Shit's creek (laughs) and it's 20 minute episodes and it keeps my attention so i'll watch that on the tv while i'm running but never for an interval workout never i can't i keep
0: hearing about this show i've never seen it i need to watch it
1: you know, it's just funny and it's 20 minute bits and it just it just it keeps my attention and and you can kind of lose focus for a minute but still like know what's going on type of thing so yeah get on it and was,
0: get. um and what are some of your go-to tunes you know like maybe like the pre-race or yeah. or you know what you're from your go-to tunes uh,
1: okay so i like uh mashups okay so like meaning like i i can go adele into m&m mashup i know right okay. like adele and m m what so I go to YouTube and I literally will search for like uh, m M&M m mashups with uh, Pearl Jam or Coldplay or says, I I just seem to, Bieber. I mean, what? You're like, why? Why, Meredith? You're 41. Why are you listening to Bieber? But I am because Biebs and I are right. But <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, no, really, I just like mashups because they kind of shift the tune. But I do, I do like... Um, I know Eminem has a foul mouth, but he's a lyrical genius. So take the swearing out of it. Um, he has good beats sometimes. So I like that. He's of my era. Yeah.
0: Yes, 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 yes. And so, yeah, so your ultimate, but your ultimate go-to pre-race song, if you've got a, you can Oh, only listen- oh
1: Stronger by Kanye. I like that song. Okay. Okay.
0: Can I, you- I can see what's going to happen here. I think we're going to get you to put together a play- a playlist for us. I can do it. That's my jam. Yeah. Maybe I after like you've that. had another man hanging. Ah, yeah yeah (laughs) uh, so nicole has hey nicole she says hi and she wants to know as a physical therapist she has to ask what do you do for injury prevention during training or between races and do you have a particular strategy
1: i think nicole's calling from colorado too ek um he's in boulder yes but yes uh so okay so injury prevention that is so good i like cup therapy okay so uh, I, I think that really helps, but number one is strength. Okay. So Kate Legler taught me strength um, for 10 years hey, Kate, in California.
0: She's
1: Kato's the best. She's also my cycling coach, but also, but most importantly, she's a dear friend, but she does a lot of stability, as you know, um, and core work and glutes, a lot on the half BOSU, um, a lot of uh, just flexibility, mobility, but like hard because she also throws in some, you know, hit stuff, high intensity yes. training. She knows I don't like to move. So she'll be like, you know, 50 hollow rocks immediately, right? Or the lunge jumping that we do, right? Um, so my point is it, I will omit a swim, bike, or run session to get in a strength session if something happens with my timing of the day, 100%. Right. Because I feel, especially at almost 42 years old, that that keeps everything uh, in check. And I do that a lot. I've since moved to Ohio and I work with Chad now here and he really um, you know, do I need to be deadlifting heavy weight every day? Zero percent. I do not. But every now and then I do because it really um, it keeps my whole body kind of together and strong and more resilient. Um, Because I will say I I have been fortunate that aside from uh, injuries that are out of my control, such as crashes and such. Um, there's only been one nickel I had in a hamstring, but I really have not been injured and I, and I knocking on wood. Yeah. Because you never know when that can happen, but I really chalk that up to having a very, very meticulous strength regimen, training right. regimen. Yeah.
0: And how many times a week are you doing your strength work? Mm-hmm.
1: So I do two hour sesh, hour, 75 minutes sessions, uh, with Kato, with Chad, and then um, on my own, I do like little maybe two other times a week. So four times I'll do like uh, ba- little things where when Max there, when I'm not taking away from my time, is like I'll do 15, 20 minutes of band walks. I do a lot of core. I do a lot of hollow rocks. I'm into this since the pandemic um, with a couple of friends, we do uh, 250 hollow rocks a day um, always. And it, it can be like when I'm watching like laying there with TV and break it up in 50 at a time. Hollow Rock's Kate taught me long ago, and I think they're the best exercise that you can do anywhere, you know, hmm. <laughs> um, and they really get the core, they get the hip flexors, they kind of get every, everything in one fell swoop. Um, so, so yeah, that is, that is the way to go with strength. I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kate's done some work for us at triathlete and, uh, yeah, she's, yeah. she's been, she's, she's a, definitely a great resource.
1: She's smart, okay, that ne- one,
0: yeah. She is, yeah. Uh, next question for you. Was there a time when you stopped training for a long time and then came back? How did you rebound? Any tips?
1: Sure. Uh, there, time where I stopped training. See, I, I lose my words because, um, not not really, I guess I will say, because uh, I didn't, let me think. When I had Mac, obviously, right. I, yep. I, I couldn't train at the intensity level that I train at now or prior to him. Uh, but I did what, what, what we call heavy exercising. And whenever people reach out about, um, you know, I'm training, but I'm pregnant. I have my, uh, go-to like content that I send them. And then I tweak it towards them. But, um, I, I mean, I couldn't run after like 30 weeks of, of Mac. And then I suddenly, but I swam 8K the day it was born. You see, you get me with my- you swam 8K. The, but I'm saying literally I couldn't flip turn. Like I touched the wall and go. And what if 8K say usually takes me, I don't know, arbitrarily an hour 45, it was taking me a lot longer when I was like you know 40 plus weeks like, pregnant at the time. Um, but there's never been a time where I haven't trained because of that balance. I've always, I never feel overcooked that mm-hmm. I need to take. A, and I appreciate that by the way, about some triathletes come November, December, they take eight weeks for four weeks or whatever it is completely off. I find that those are tri- triathletes, which is amazing by the way, that are putting in 40 hour weeks of training. I, I don't put in 40 hour weeks. I, I actually never have. Um, I, I'm more of that balanced, 18 to 25 max um, yeah. because i do a lot more intensity in my in training than uh riffraff or, or long miles yeah. maybe that's also the 69 Ironmans i have on my legs I'm, I'm really like looking towards uh muscle memory to to get away with that but um yeah. so that's so that's the thing but when i came back with mac i will say um that was a challenge i i needed to do talk about strength a lot of pelvic floor exercises That to be honest, and this goes to Nicole, um, is that I looked at those little pelvic floor exercises like they're not going to do anything like these little PT, please, this is not going to work. And shame on me because that worked. I'd even get off a run and go and, and that I was like hurting and do a couple that that I was taught. And I'd be like, oh. Well, I guess this works (laughs) because then I get back on. And and now that's a big thing in my regimen now that I tell, um, you know, newly pregnant people that want to train through their pregnancy is pelvic floor, pelvic floor, pelvic floor, because um, I raced a full Ironman to after, after an emergency C-section, you know, I couldn't run for probably, I tried running eight weeks after and it was a definite no. Um, And then at 11 weeks, I slowly, I think I, maybe got out five miles and asked Aaron to come pick me up type of situation. But um, oh boy, I did race Ironman Texas, he had just turned five months and, and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure if my, and I've said this before, my uterus was gonna bust out of my C-section <laughs> scar or what, but I'm just letting you know that if you look back on that year, that was my best um, marathon within an Ironman. And I think that was also had to do with, um, motherhood was still new. Because by the time I did that was April. And by the time I did another Ironman in August, motherhood had accumulated nursing had accumulated, you know what I mean? Tired, not, no sleep had accumulated. Um, yep. And I had a horrible race in montré Blanc, full Ironman, I just felt like nothing, you know, when you nurse a child too, you start the race at a size A and you end the race at a size B double d you know it's a different experience and, and i'm not I'm, I, as you know with me whether i have a manhattan or not i would say that
0: um oh for sure yeah it's a
1: weird um weird thing that no one talks about no one wants to hear about how big your boobs get during <laughs> during an iron man but that's what i love sharing with like rinnie and caroline stefan and jody swallow and rachel joyce and uh, literally i was emailing rachel like do I just double bra <laughs> like she, Gina Crawford? I mean, all these girls—they did it, and they—they they came back and they triumphed after. So I, I really um, looked up, look up to them for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's definitely been a strong wave of women who are coming mm-hmm. back to racing after motherhood, after after um, giving birth, and it's it's been impressive right. to see. Yeah. Right. And, and which you them? and uh, so Chris wants to know how many days a week are you doing hard sessions versus relatively easy sessions.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there's four days a week. There's um, two days a week I do hard runs, okay? There's probably three days a week I do hard bikes. Um, Swimming right now, for everybody, I have not had a hard swim, probably since Ironman New Zealand. (laughs) So that was March uh, 7th or whatever. Uh, But you're in the master spa. But I'm in the master spa now, swimming easy. But for someone who swims normally... I don't know before Mac, you know, me, I had some like forty, fifty thousand 50,000 a week. None yeah. of that. I would say of that 50,000, 20,000 of it was hard. The other 30,000 was just MDK swims. Since I have Mac, I obviously need to like tweak that down a little bit. Um, but I'd say 25,000 I do a week. And a lot of those still, I, I did three hard sessions with, with teenagers who are amazing, by the way. I mean, they're doing 10, 100s, you know, butterfly on what I'm doing freestyle <laughs> you know it's incredible to watch and so I'm just grandma on the back of the lane uh you know trying a squirrel trying to get a nut there um but <laughs> so now I'm not swimming but if you take it now um I keep up that intensity quite a bit but then I have Mondays are usually a day where I just run uh run and swim easy and that kind of every Monday. I have active recovery um and that's the thing is people like you ever take a day off and my I don't mean to say like no, I never take a day off. I don't mean it that way. When sure, after a race, I, I need a couple days, but I, I will swim. But um, in my training now, because I'm not doing eight-hour training days, I'll do like you know, I don't know, two to two to three to four-hour training days, and that works for my lifestyle. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. So uh, Rachel Joyce wants to say hi. So she, you mentioned you mentioned her just uh, no, her earlier, problem. but yeah. So hi, hi Rachel. And she says she agrees about Eminem. So got- <laughs> see.
1: She's of my era, too. She gets me.
0: <laughs> so on the subject of mothers, you've got a big Mother's Day event coming up this weekend with Rini. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Thank you so much. Um, so Rin and I, Rin is also of my era. I'm actually older than her, obviously. I'm a couple years. But Izzy and Mac are about three months apart. And, um, you know, look, this is a time that's really challenging in that we can't, we're not on the race course. So we're not able to showcase or highlight our sponsors, right? So this event is really, it's three, it's kind of like threefold. Number one, it's to bring the, well, let me tell you what the event is first. This Saturday, Brittany and I are doing a virtual triathlon event. You'll notice that I didn't say a race. Um, we do, we are both fortunate to have master spas. So um, we'll be swimming in those and then we'll be hopping on Zwift to, bike and run, but I wanna make sure I announce you do not have to be A, swim, bike, or run. You can be watching from the comforts of your kitchen. It's a show, and that's what I wanna make sure people know. It's a show, and I'll tell you more about that separately, but um, we the distances we're doing, by the way, have to do with the age of our children. So Izzy and Mac are two, so we're gonna swim two miles. Now, let me say, when you're swimming in place, you don't really know how far you're gonna go, but yeah, we think awesome. Yeah. Well, so you can set the master spa at like, say 120 per, um, hundred. And so that averages out to about 42 minutes or whatever. So we're going to just swim for 45 minutes, knowing that's gotta be at least two miles. Um, and then we're going to go in our she sheds and we're going to bike 58 miles or two hours and 45 minutes. And I want to make sure how I'm working that out is if you are a Zwifter, that's awesome. Um, you'll be sent a link later this week to join the event and you will ride with Rennie and I we're doing a workout that I will also send uh, you'll be if, once you register you'll get daily updates with all the giveaways prizes discount codes all that goodness but um we're doing a, a Julie dibbons and Kate Ligler. those are both our coaches at, um on the bike special so oh. um yeah they're they're letting it'll be fun and so Rini and I within Zwift will have our leader hats on but people feel free to go ahead of us or behind us it doesn't matter it all evens out and um once we get off the bike we're going to do a 10 mile track workout on Zwift but again you can just have the show on someone emailed me and I love this she's like I'm all registered for the event I'm going to have it on I'm going to be painting my living room and I was like <laughs> perfect perfect like look there this is we're this is what we're working hard for this week is a couple things is we want to bring the community together and you'll notice in any of my posts that, you know, Rini and I don't have the same sponsors, but it's not like a competition of sponsors. It's like I've been promoting her sponsors and she mine on social. We're all together. All of our sponsors have been, uh, have come together and are giving great giveaways, amazing discounts. And then it's a free event, by the way, you just, it's a free event. That said, we are going to have a fundraising bar for Challenge Athlete Foundation, which you know is important to me. Um, so yeah, it's threefold. It's literally just bringing the community together, being having a platform to highlight our sponsors, and then and that platform, by the way, is T Zero Endurance. They're doing all the tech, all the tech behind it. Um, we have a lot of mothers calling in, such as Hillary Biscay, mother of four under three, by the way. Um, Rachel it, Rachel's calling in Caroline Annabelle Luxford obviously I could keep going Jackie Herring who's a mother two, racing at a very very high level Michelle Vesterby um, and then I've reached out to um, some of my favorite colleagues that that I also enjoy too and they will be just you know giving a shout out too, which is really really awesome so and then there'll be that chance for the challenge athlete foundation because i feel like since i moved to ohio i haven't been able to do my annual um charity ride for caf and so this is an opportunity to kind of merge everything together and yeah. so i called rin and i was like rinny okay don't worry we won't do an iron man distance but we totally could have
0: um <laughs> and, and i'm, I'm kind just, of surprised you know,
1: uh, I tried. No, 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 no. Uh, we decided, you know, we want to, that would bore people to tears. This is a show. It's about four and a half hours. And we have all this content that T Zero is putting together to just make it fun for everybody. And that's what we want. And so it, and I want to make sure I say, people are like, can I be a dad and join? Can I not be a parent and join? I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, anyone is welcome. Like the T- team, Eat Everyman Jack is a team of 75 dudes. They're all joining. Oh, good. We can't we can't wait to have them. So um yeah, free registration. We'd love to have you guys. So please join. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh Jennifer says she doesn't have a question, but she just wants to say to you, you're the most relatable triathlete ever. Absolutely hilarious. Thank you very much for the pick me up in such a weird time.
1: Oh, thank you, Jennifer. Seriously. Cheers to you. Thank you for that.
0: Yes. And so, yeah are there this is an interesting one you were just talking about all the triathletes all the fellow athletes that you obviously have close relationships good friendships on and off the race course with yeah are there any is there anybody in triathlon that you don't get on with
1: Mm -hmm. so let me see how to delicately answer that because i (laughs) want to be sure no like uh, look take anyone in a working environment right is everyone gonna like um like their work colleagues. Okay. And then take a bunch of, of women athletes that are competing against one another. Here's the deal. I guess I'm just not as um, cutthroat or competitive, I guess, that I just don't have a dog in the fight. I just want, um, let me also say the 30-year-old Meredith is very different than the 40-year-old Meredith. Like the 30-year-old Meredith, I would care if like Susie Q didn't like me, you know, I'd be like, right. What did I do? Oh my gosh. And now as I've kind of grown and gotten older, I i, I literally just, you, you just don't have time to um, spend energy worrying about that. And what Absolutely. I hope that I've done, and you know this about me too, EK, is I would never throw shade about anyone unless I talk to them eye to eye. That's right. very important to me because- if I have um, an issue with someone, uh, and, and of course, the answer to your question is there's always going to be people that you might not look through the same lens as them in life. And so I yep. try to pretend like, why um, why is there a disconnect between person A or person B? And, and honestly, they could think that of me too. But I am think, why is there a disconnect? And then most of my issues with people don't stem from how... They treat me per se, but the mother hen comes out, and it's just like if I hear anyone um, making someone else feel less than, then mm-hmm. I will be sure to go to them directly, let them know how I feel, and then then it doesn't feel ingenuine. I've done that many times in my life, you know. Just I've right. told someone how I feel because I don't want to throw shade about them anywhere else, and I've we've had a civil conversation like an adult about it, and then we can either degree, agree to disagree. Or call it a day, and it's like then when you see them at the races, it's like it's all good. How you doing? That comes from a genuine place because they know how you feel about them, and vice versa. Yeah. And so then it, yeah. then it's fine. It's just the forty year old Meredith forty two. I'm just saying, in my forties, um, yeah. I make time for people who make time for me. And yes. I used to not do that. I used to worry like, oh, I need to check in with so and so. Da da da. And then I realized, wait that relationship that's not a reciprocal relationship why am i spending all this energy and look i don't want to be a jerk by just being like see ya but like right now there's time is our biggest commodity whether you have a kid whether you don't whether you work whether you don't it doesn't matter time is important and you want to spend it by, with people who enrich your life and everything and i know i got on a tangent from your question but i'm really into that right now you know that about no, me it's
0: all important yeah, yeah all important so
1: So, yeah, but anyone that I have had any issues with in sport, I have let them know directly Um, in the nicest way, like just talk about it and then go from there. But I think that also stems from, I just like to be a competitor that um, lifts people. And if you beat me, awesome. I'm going to be the first one to congratulate you because you did it. And that's awesome. And I I think that's great. I I just don't want to hold any, um, that has nothing to do with, anyway, what I just said about um, talking to people. Some personalities in sport and type A personalities can get really oh, yeah, dramatic sometimes. And so you just got to be honest with each other. And I learned to do that as I got older.
0: Right. So we have about five minutes left of the show. So if anybody at home has any more, any final questions, uh, please, please fire them at us and we will put them to Meredith. Um, in the meantime, we do have some fun ones to wrap great. up with.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: If you had to pick someone to play you in the movie of your life, who would it be?
1: (laughs) Reese Witherspoon.
0: Oh, yes, good. I
1: like her. I like her. She's positive, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. At least, I can see see that working.
1: At least, how what I see um, is positive. Yeah.
0: Very good. And what is something weird that nobody knows about you?
1: I will tell you. Are you ready for it? Okay. I wear men's deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) If it's good enough for their hairy pits, it's good enough for mine. (laughs) So I don't know what it is. I know that seems I just feel like I've tried all this women deodorant and it was just not strong. I don't know. I I sweat a lot. I need I need, you know, the right the right tools to smell good, even if I smell like
0: on you though. Okay. Well
1: there you go. Yeah. Men's superant. Cool.
0: <laughs> um, any fun workouts like you, that you uh, that you're you're doing now because race there aren't any races. I mean obviously aside from your um yeah aside from your event on the weekend, is there anything that you're doing now that's kind of helping pep you up, keep things 100%. fun?
1: Actually, if Rachel's still watching, I'm gonna tell her. Um, Wednesday, every Wednesday morning. Today it was different because Zwift has um another thing going on that they didn't focus on it this Wednesday, but since the pandemic happened, every Wednesday, there's a um, pro women or pro men. They're, they start a little after us. Uh, race. It's a virtual race. And it's super fun because you're with your colleagues and it's you're all on in your own rooms, wherever you are. And the, the races are different for um, a non-drafting athlete and a oh, non-gamer so you can draft like you're drafting you're using power-ups I mean you actually learn how to you have to learn how to be a gamer within Swift. and so right. we did a lot of um, the non-drafting uh triathletes we rode into Swift and we're like hey can we have a race that's um you can be on like right now I have to be on a road bike I've like never ridden a road bike in my life so I'm <laughs> like what am I doing but um those have been really fun to do, and it's really cool that Swift did that because um, you know you just look forward to it. It's like you're you're standing Wednesday morning. They've only been about you know 20k or 30k yeah. something like that. Cool. Um, so that's short to like a you know 70.3 or iron distance person, and you have to start out literally like at 500 Watts to like get in the front pack. And then it's just, then you just start gaining. <laughs> so we've had some situations though, um, because you're in a virtual world. Uh, there's been some, this is what's actually, if you really want to get into it. And I've said this before is that if there is one thing that makes me nervous is, and Aaron, my husband always says, Meredith you're ignorant because I just can't imagine doping, right? People have done it in our sport, they get banned for a certain amount of time. That's it. But the these Wednesday races, there's no money on the line. Right. Nothing but some silly Zwift prowess that nobody cares. It's like it's it's Zwift is awesome, but like it's cool if you win and stuff. But like at the end of the day, once the race is over, you're like, All right, on to my next thing. But there's a way in Zwift that if you put a lesser weight than you really are, you're right. gonna be better. And yeah. so I'll tell a story with like Paula Finley and I, we're going our best watts, so we're texting during it and we're like, we're literally going our highest power ever and getting dropped (laughs) and you're just like, what's happening here? And so, so that was unfortunate. The reason I'm telling you all that, that was my first time in 20 years of racing that I was like, wow, if people are fabricating something, what's called, I don't know, virtual doping? I don't know what you want to call it, but if people- I
0: guess it is virtual <laughs> doping, yeah.
1: If people are fabricating that on a random Wednesday morning race, what are they doing in real life? So that, I actually talk about feeling less positive. I actually was buried down on that for, for a little bit after the race. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then Zwift did a good job about trying to make it like, um, if you're top whatever, you have to send in your your power file that's on your bike. Right. Versus because it doesn't matter what you weigh when you're on your bike, whatever your power meter says is a lot more accurate than what if you put in the wrong weight on Zwift and you Zwifters out there will know what I'm talking about. But um, that was really unfortunate, but um, I'm hopeful that that won't be an issue going forward for sure. But yeah. to answer, to go back to answer your question, it's having that every Wednesday.
0: That's the really, Wednesday morning Swift ride. Right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's fun, and you get to see people that you race with. And um, like Paul and I were just texting tonight. Wednesday, we're on. And if anything, if we get dropped going 320 watts. Let's just we'll just finish it out together. You know, or, or it, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. So that's been something. End. Yeah
0: thank you so much for your time. We are out of time. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everybody who joined us. Um, we really enjoyed the happy hour. We really enjoyed all the knowledge, uh, and advice and wisdom you shared. So, um, yeah, cheers. And, uh, thank you. Take good care. Thanks for listening. Tune in to our next triathlete live next month.